never get mad at a sandwich. Welcome back to the Axe and Iron Podcast. We are joined this by is it? very huh? this, this is <laughs> yeah, live. That's, that's how I'm telling you. This is no, it. There's no, no preparation. No prep. Just fucking have the gate go. By a very special guest. My friend, the legendary Jimmy Duresta. Up, guys? I got a, I got an email, like I got a text message from Chris about 10 minutes ago. He's like, I know you're busy, but and I said I have I always have time. For trash. What is it? Like, <laughs> you know, I always have time for junk is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what's funny is I didn't look back at my phone for a little while. You like podcast at three and it was already like 310. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, welcome that's to a, my life. That's Seriously. how we roll. I just yeah. I guess, Boyd, uh, 20 minutes before that. I said, Let's Wrangler Star canceled. I'm sorry. I didn't. Oh, my God. Don't uh, mention that fucking guy. <laughs> what's up Jesus. Jimmy how's it going good man good you know when you texted me we were painting my new forklift I'm trying to spruce it up so it could look good on camera welcome good. to 2020 1980 <laughs> 1980 heister yeah it's about time yeah yeah it's, it's a good it's a pretty decent machine it's fun we already shifted all my junk around isn't it amazing the things that you realize like you move by hand and then when you get the forklift you're like and it's going to take a while for it to set in, too, because I still walk over to stuff and try and lift it or pallet jack it. And I'm like, what am I doing? I got a you know that, right here. Uh, that crazy lathe that Austin and his dad dropped off to me? Do you remember that crazy? Old, just, yes. Like an yes. eight foot giant cast iron lathe that looks like it might have been made in China in like the 1960s. The it's very, a, very rusty one, right? Yeah. So yeah. We, I try. Nobody knows what the brand is and I can never right. I can't identify it. It's really it's and it's not a good quality. It's I'll say that right, right now. But it's old, so it looks cool. Yeah. But we try, I tried moving it around. It took me like a day to turn the thing around to get it tucked against the wall. Yeah. And th- the other day, we just picked it up, and I just put it out in the field, and it's like... And it's like <laughs> it's like nothing now. Yeah. And I we cleared that whole wall off. I got all my space back. It's, it's like fucking a dream come true. I have a 1923 South Bend that is sitting in front of my house right now that I cannot give away. It doesn't have a tailstock, so nobody wants it. Oh, shit. The tailstock is missing, but... It's falling over. It's fucking, you know, uh, the ground gets wet, and it fall, and, and now it's sitting out in front of a parking lot in front of my house. Honestly, there should be a certain type of punishment for people that leave lades out in the rain. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, I can do mine because somebody already did it before me. Yeah, yeah. No, this one, this one wasn't in good condition either when I got yeah. it. It wasn't. It was in shit condition as well. Yeah. Do you know how to run one, Chris? I've never seen no, you or not, talked. No, no, I've never. No. I've never been into turning. I've got so many buddies that are machinists and shit that Just I've no never need. gotten into. No, never, not really. Not with what I do. You know, it's so but. funny to me. Having to lay the round is so convenient because there are so many moments where, like, it's hard to describe. Like, ask me what I used my lathe for in the last couple of months. I can't even tell you. But yeah. without it, you would know exactly that moment when you wish you had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I you try- got the – oh, go ahead, bro. Sorry. I try to tell that to my wife whenever I buy something. I'm like – I, I want this mill or I want this drill press or I want something. And she's like, what do you need it for? I'm just like, I don't fucking know. But God yeah. damn it, whenever I need it, I'll fucking secret. tell you. Right. I've been in a relationship for 10 years. How long have you been just in don't, a Just don't tell them, right? <laughs> just don't tell them anything. It's a need <laughs> no what the fuck it is. Or when they, when they come out and say, well, where'd you get that? Oh, I've had that for yeah. years. Yeah, I've don't you worry about that. Years. 
I bought yeah. my like 15th bandsaw the other day, and my brother happened to be here, Mike the Fireman. And we hopped in my truck and tells like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick up something on Facebook, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> I came back with a new to me, big giant 36. So American I band. thought I thought about you last week, Jimmy, because um, there was a huge bandsaw on it was either Marketplace or Craigslist. And a couple of guys sent it to me. I'd already seen it, but it was another big 36 inch. And I think they only wanted $400 for it. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I send me a, send him the info. He's going to get it. Uh, you know, I, somewhere I, I, down I, in I, Kentucky. I don't know. Yeah, you know, the furthest actually, the furthest I've gone to get one is in Kentucky. I, I got one and they they shipped it up to me. The the great team over at First Build down there, they they packed it up and sent it to me. They they, I think they only took the table off and built a box around it, like a fucking yeah. giant bandsaw came in a giant box. I had plywood for like the next three months for making packages and stuff. <laughs> there was like eight sheets of OSB to wrap that thing. And it came and they and like I showed up one day and Chris, you know my my loading dock. Yeah. It was at the top of my loading dock. It was like yeah. a box that had like a giant Frankenstein monster in it. I was like, what the fuck? I knew it was coming, but like they never the guys at the local depot, they they they're pretty good. They know they like just bring it over. They don't even call me anymore. But they dropped off this giant box and it was that beautiful American band, so my second one, and now I have a third one. And yeah, the, the craziest thing is that a lot of people think you hoard this shit. And I know you personally, you use like everything. 90% of everything you're using all when you got the pattern makers lathe or is that what yeah. that's considered? Yep. I was like, there's no possible way he's going to use that. It's going to sit in the middle of the barn forever. <laughs> and then the very next week you're making chair legs. I was like, Jesus. Dude, I'm like an opportunity. I'm like an opportunist. Like, People say all the time, like, oh, if I gave you this machine or if I gave you a 3D printer, would you use it? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I'd use it, but if it's here, I'll figure something out. And it's yeah, the same yeah. thing when I when I decide to buy antique machines. I'm like, if I buy it and it's here and it's operational, I will absolutely use it. And that's just because just because it looks good on camera, yeah. constantly looking for something that looks good on camera, constantly looking also just for the nostalgia of it all because it's a fun hobby, you know, just yeah. figuring out old shit works. Like what Eric's been doing on that crazy fucking leg amputator. Wow. God, <laughs> just just the nuts and bolts, you know. They give you yeah. both. There's no doubt about it. So how long? What, what what's the bed length on that um, lathe you're talking about, Jimmy? Twelve feet. Twelve fucking feet. Yeah. Jesus, it's incredible. It you is, didn't it see is. when he very first got it, he stuck like a seven foot log on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I it, made it, I made that crazy mallet. I gave it to Andrew. Yeah. It's yep. funny, I was making it for him, and he's like, you got to make me one of those. It's like, you blew the surprise shithead. I was making this for him. He's good at that. <laughs> he's good at that. He says that when I'm making hammers. Oh, is that one mine? I'm like, oh, <laughs> Matter of fact. So just, you have the... Unbelievable, I love it. You have the first annual gathering of the go-karts this weekend. Yes, we'll see who's coming. Are you coming? You're not coming. I can't come. I, yeah, I want to come up there bad, but COVID kind of blew COVID kind of blew the whole thing up. But it'll be interesting to see who comes. You know, I'm not yeah. making a big deal of it. I want people to come with barbecues and you know just come and hang out with kind of tailgate. And there's probably not going to be that many go karts, but you're not actually going to clean the track, right? No, we did it yesterday. Me and Mike and Willie, we like right. I I thought part of the 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 pine needles being on there was part of the fun. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Dude, so I by saw the time we were done, it needed to be blown off again. So come. So I, saw, I saw your story. You're in your your fucking Cadillac with <laughs> uh, with a milk crate, just fucking. So whenever when I just turned my phone on while I was working, 
and I heard this fucking ta -ta 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 in the background. I was like, what the fuck is Eric working on now? And and, and it's you. Just and it's putting, him. And you putting around in a goddamn fucking car. That thing's got like a header that is right underneath the gas pedal. Like it's got a header. It's, it's no exhaust system. Oh. <clears throat> like you know, the exhaust open. manifold comes to like a four inch wide tube or a three inch wide tube that's literally under the gas pedal. So yeah. when you hit that, like the cuff of my pants fills with fucking exhaust. Ah, that thing's gonna be sweet though when you I know I know you and I know you're gonna it'll be yeah. probably a year or so or two years before I'll you really get it. Yeah, but that thing's gonna be badass. It's funny, uh somebody we pulled it out in front. It's been hiding behind the building, so now it's out yeah. in the parking lot. And some guy, Willie, was over there raking and he calls me. He goes, Yo, some dirt bag's walking over, he wants a bike Cadillac. And I look outside and the guy's walking across the street. He's like, I'll give you two grand for that right now. And I was like, Ah, it's kind of oh. <laughs> Did you like, start? I took, his, I took his number. I, yeah. I, I, I talked to Mike today because Mike, when I got that, Mike looks at it and he's like holding his chin. He's looking. He's looking. He goes, "Got an idea." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Let's fucking part it out. Make four grand. Fucking buy a new car." I'm like, "Mike, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This well, is now guy, a character in my sitcom. I can't just get rid of it." The guy offers you two grand and you're thinking about what kind of tool you can buy next. Yeah, you're like, really? "Well, with a, get rid of the Cadillac. I could probably get another couple band saws or something." Yeah, uh, well, it's, I paid fifteen hundred for it delivered. So, that the delivery is always the sweet spot. When I when I speak to somebody and I'm like, I'll yeah, box to deliver, they're like, okay, cool. I'm like, thank God, I don't have to go fucking chase. <laughs> yep, hell yeah. It, it, it looks like it. It looks like you're setting that car up for like a demo derby type <laughs> thing, man. It just looks like Mad Max kind of shit. Well, I'm gonna leave it just as it is. I just want to get it mechanically sound. It's. It, I got it from a guy who absolutely has no history on it. I think he picked it up. I said to him like as he was leaving, I'm like, dude, be honest. With me. I go, you got this thing two days ago, and he laughed. He goes, I haven't had it for a while. Like he didn't yeah. know anything about it. He said, yeah. Warehouse. He got it, picked it up, and he got it started. He put a. He says he put the carburetor on it that he got at a junkyard. He said it had no carburetor and obviously no roof, but all the parts. Like I gutted it just so we could redo the floor, mm -hmm. and I haven't welded those panels in. They're just sitting in there. I just got to tack them in place, and then I'll start putting the interior back in so I could have like a proper seat to, to drive around in, <laughs> and the the door panels and stuff. But I'm getting it ready because the Blackthorn does this rat race, this rat rod thing. Look like a rat rod get together. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. And it, the whole town is full of rat rods that weekend. Like big, oh, yeah. wheeled, like did, 30 coops and shit. Did you actually get a title with the car? Or are you going to have to no. apply to get one? No, no. I can't even. My buddy, the cop, uh, Billy Davis, has been trying to He's trying to run the VIN on me. He said he, nothing's showing up on it. I found the VIN yeah. on the block. and uh, But these guys, who, the guy who stopped that wanted to buy the car yesterday, they run a titling service. He says, do you uh, want to the car? I'm like, nah, nah I got to kind of keep it. I said, it's kind of a character in my Instagram story. I sound like a 12-year-old telling him that. And he laughed. <laughs> he goes, and he's like, what the fuck is Instagram? <laughs> he goes, well, if you keep it and you need a title for it, he goes, here's my card. He goes, if you want to sell, call me. He goes, but if you need a title, call me. That's our business. We title anything on wheels. So if anybody yeah, out there needs that service, let me know. I never yeah, heard titles of Titles aren't even that much. I never even heard of that. Like, they, I get like, what do you have? Like a friend at DMV? Like, he goes, no, we title shit all around the world. Yeah, I don't well, know how that happened. Yeah, they use airplanes, boats. Because if it moves, we could put a title on it. Yeah, I think there's that certain shady backroom shit. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... there's some certain <laughs> loopholes and shit. It's kind of like the main tag deal. You know, you get main tags, but you don't really live in Maine. I think there's some sort of loopholes that can like, do to get. 
Everybody oh. told me it happened in my trailer that got stolen a couple years ago. Everyone's like, oh, oh, it's in Maine. It's in Maine. Oh, it's definitely went to Maine and somebody fucking. Like, only on the East Coast does that shit fucking happen. Like, here in Kentucky, no. They just fucking roll with that truck on the road all the fucking oh. time. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The further south you, you go. No, I'm you like, like, guys going around saying, hey, you need a title for that? You need a title? Like, no, yeah. that doesn't exist here. Like, I'm just oh. saying, like, that's just like a East Coast kind of mentality of, like, you know, just. No one in the world would ever come up to me and say, hey, uh, you got a title on that 79 Ford? I can hook you up. Like, yeah. that, that conversation <laughs> would never happen. Well, well that spot's kind of on the main drag, too. Yeah, my, my place is on the main drag. These guys, and they had, like, a giant, uh, like, Polaris in the back, like a four-wheel of Polaris, like a 950. And yeah. like, what are you doing with that? They're like, oh, we just picked this up off of Facebook Marketplace. We're going to take it, fix it, and swap it. So these guys, like, are constantly buying and selling shit. You know, I've had guys stop at my place just from seeing all the shit outside. That yeah. they, They're literally driving around the country with a 30-foot flatbed, and they're just driving through small towns and stuff, buying things up. I've, Andrew, I've had, I mean, that's what Andrew does, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I've had those guys stop here before and just start randomly poking their head in. Like, you know, not, they were decent, nice enough yeah. guys, but you can tell that's all they do is drive around and go to farm country and stuff. And, hey, how much is this? How much is that? How much? Well, is you this? know, I get I get solicited at least once a month for the Army truck when people could see it. Right now it's kind of tucked away in the property. But yeah. when people can see the Army truck from the road and the uh, and the little 69 Chevy C10, knock on the hey, you selling that? You selling yeah. that? The That's characters crazy. in my storyline, I can't get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> All right, look, everybody knows your story. You've been on 5,000 million podcasts. I'm you're, overexposed. You're, you're not yeah. overexposed at all, but everybody knows your story, so we're not necessarily going to sit here and talk about your story. But one question, and I've asked you this in person, maybe maybe you haven't. Maybe Well, yeah, you have answered this. I've heard you answer it before. But I want like the real not the sugar-coated reason. I want the real uh, me talking to Jimmy face-to-face. So we see everything you do pretty much. Well, not everything. We see majority of what you do on Instagram and YouTube Uh and your vlogs and everything. Uh Uh What drives you to keep going at 3? Because I know your sleep schedule and you're a fucking (laughs) vampire. How do you stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning working on everything? It blows my mind. I feel like... I have drive to get out there and hustle. And then I watch your story at midnight and you're still out in the shop doing shit. And I'm like, I feel like a total piece of crap. I'm like, and you're, I, and you're like, you're, you, you got me by a couple years. So you're a little older than me and you're still out there hustling. It's just, it's, I, I just wish I didn't have to sleep. I mean, honestly, I just oh. wish sleep is just incon. I wish I didn't have to sleep and I wish I didn't have to think about what to eat. And I wish I didn't yeah. have to think about what to fucking wear. I just like I wish I could just like fucking. You just want to work, 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 work. I just it's so funny because so Taylor Taylor we have a, a my my friend Katie's been staying with us and kind of she's to pay her rent she's kind of doing chores so that her and Taylor are like redoing the rooms in the house and stuff you know just like changing the sheets yeah. and the and curtains mm-hmm. and stuff and they redid the laundry room last night and Willie's here. And I look in the laundry room and like it's completely flipped. There's like nothing in there. Everything's in drawers. And I just kind of came out of the laundry room and I looked at Willie. I said, Willie, so did you see what I'm wearing right now? I said, I'm going to wear this for the rest of the fucking year because I have no idea whether anything is in that room. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I won't have to think about getting dressed. I said, every yeah. two days I'll stand around naked while my clothes wash. Oh my I'm God. Back on right out of the washing machine. <laughs> but honestly, oh, like shit. sleeping, fucking. Deciding what to wear and deciding what to eat just fucking slow every goddamn thing down. 
But what Everything. is it though? Is it is it is it your brain can't turn off? Like you're just nonstop ideas. I mean, I've I've been eating breakfast with you and watch you jot ideas down on a fucking napkin. Like, is it just exploding like that all the time? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you know, it's as the day goes on and people peel away and it's just me. Yeah. That's when it's like that's when I could fuck around and experiment. Yeah. And you know, Aaron peels away at like around seven or eight. Aaron hangs out late and um. You know, then when Taylor's like fucking, oh, sometimes we'll go to bed together, and then I'll like kind of roll out of bed, and then I'll go do shit. Yeah, because, you know, you got family stuff every now and again. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, well, I'm like, I look, I'm like, I say, you wake? She's like, Rrr. I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna go at it. So I get out of bed, I go fucking at it for a couple hours. <laughs> uh, but but what's the like, reason? What's the reason though? What in your head is like nonstop? Shit it's a little OCD. I just need to get shit done. Like my to do list never fucking ends. Yeah. And, but like I said, as the day goes toward the end of the day, that's when like that's when I like it's like the lucid, interesting, fun, tinkering experiment yeah. really starts to take place because no one's around to bother me. There's nobody yeah. fucking texting me because everyone's asleep. No one's fucking emailing me because everybody's asleep. Yeah. I get fucking yeah. nothing. DMs, no nothing. It is like it's like I'm like that fucking guy in the in the in the safe. Yeah. In the, in the twilight zone where there's a yeah. nuclear war, like I'm that guy. I'm the guy. Like I open the safe door and everyone's dead. You know, so, until fucking seven in the morning. That's when it starts again. So you just told all of our five listeners the best time to get the fuck a <laughs> hold of you. <laughs> yeah. But but I guess the root of the question is though, it's not money's not a motivator. No, you I mean, you know, it's just get honestly just getting shit done. Yeah. No one like I can cross shit off the list. It, it definitely must be like a little bit of an OCD, like knowing I can get shit done. And like, and another thing too is I like to strike while the iron's hot. I'll give you an example. Right now, Don Julio, you know those things that like you slice a an agave with. It looks like a like a yeah. paddle, like a sharp paddle. No, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big sharpened disc, and it goes on the end of a stick. And the Mexican farmers yep. used to cut agave when, the, when they're when they're harvesting them. Right. Yeah. And so it's called the OA or something like that or a COA. They they want Don Julio might want me to make 150 of those. Maybe. Wow. But they're, they're right. just yeah, they're like they're uh, symbolic. They're not real. They don't have to be sharpened or hardened. Yeah. They just go on a plaque. And they're like they're on the fence. And so last night at 2:30 in the morning I'm like running plasma cuts trying to couple uh, trying to show them a couple different options. So that yesterday when we had the email conversation, this morning they wake up, it's in their email box. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, I can't kind of OCD. I want to solve it right away. But a bigger part of that is I want them to be like, oh, shit, he's on it. Like, mm-hmm. we he's not messing him. around. We encountered him for anything. You know, yeah. like that, like when when they turned to me and they said, hey, we need those trailers. They moved the delivery date up on those trailers that I made. They wanted them like in mid-July. Yeah. He's like, can you have three by July 1st? I'm like, you know what? I'll have all five of them by July 1st because it's easier to make five at one time than it is to start, stop, and then ramp up. If I'm going to make if I'm gonna make 10 sides, I might as well make fucking all of them at the same time. Yeah. You know, I just, it's just a matter of just throwing sheets of plywood on the CNC machine. So I, I always like to over-deliver and, you know, with, with time left in the budget, typically. So that's, that's part of it. And then part of it is, too, I'm just always exploring. Like, when... Like I have time alone in the machine shop at night. That's like my machine shop. That's right by the house. I spend a lot of time in there late, late, late at night, because I can just futz around in there, and it's close to the house. If Taylor needs me for something, I can just run back up to the house. Or, and uh, it's just there's something cozy about it. It's like kind of I go in there before I go to bed. I just stand in my machine. <laughs> it's shop, like, jam, it's jams crazy. Up. 
it's crazy kind of like I don't really have a uh, 100% interest in what you're doing, but the work ethic and the way you're doing it and fuck the way you go. Stop. I don't fucking watch YouTube. Here we go with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the, the work, the, that's how me and Roy met. We didn't, yeah. I didn't have an interest in access. He didn't give a shit about blacksmithing or metal work, but our work ethic drew each, drew each other, uh, drew us to each other. And I see the shit you do. And I've told you that before in person. I'm like, dude, your fucking shit is inspiring. Whether or not I give a shit about what it is, the, the, the whole process of the way you go about it is, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, whether they'll say it or not, is that your work ethic is more inspiring to them than a lot, a lot of, of guys to me, than like, what you're producing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, like I, I say it all the time. I wish I didn't fucking have to sleep, but yeah. So I went to sleep last night at about three 30. I got up at seven 30. So yeah. what is that? Four hours, four or five four. hours a night is typically what I get. But every once in a while it catches up with me and I got to stay in bed like till like eight. You got to crash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to crash. A lot of big CEOs do that shit too. They'll like go for like, you know, uh, ten months at a time, and uh, you know, for these big corporations, and then they have to go away for a month and get away from everything. And it kind of sounds like not not that you're doing go going hard for ten months and then leaving, but uh, your sleep schedule is a big. You, you just want to keep going. You always gotta go. Yeah, that's, kinda, that's kick ass, man. You're like fucking. That's crazy. Like I said, like I said, if I could really pinpoint it, it really is like the I, I think I could just basically chalk it up to just there's nobody around. Yeah. Now is the time I'm like when I'm working like this morning, I was trying to print these postcards that you just saw on Instagram and I got fucking people popping by. Where's the fucking mattress place? And, and like, it's so fucking annoying. Like I, I thought today. And then a good friend stopped by. It was really nice to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. So I took like a real long break and showed him around. He had, he passes my house every once in a while. He finally saw me there. And uh, so that was nice to see him. But at the same time, like there's the, the wheels are still running. You know, the yeah. clutch is disengaged. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like thinking, okay, I still have to do that. And then, what, but we're catching up in my mind. I'm like, okay, I got the ink is drying off. Rattling off, like, rattling off. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, so let me show you is this. this so for us nailing you down on this podcast right now at three and thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, he's just pissed. Absolute fucking torture. He's pissed. No, it's perfect because <laughs> I, I this is right about when I take a break. I come eat. I go check on the chickens. I, I eat every day. Like Aaron eats at noon every single day, but Aaron Aaron gets to the shop at like seven thirty eight. I futz around. I wake up early, but I'm fucking around at the farmhouse. I, mm -hmm. I go online. I just, if I'm editing something, usually the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up is check the edit one more time. I'll just do another like cold look at it and be like, oh, that's why the fuck did I leave that on there? That's ridiculous. And I take that piece out, you know. And uh, so I, I futz around and I get to the shop at around 10, sometimes 11. And then I'll take lunch at about four, typically. So this is perfect timing. I'll go to the milk run, get a stale sandwich and go back to the shop. Get a stale sandwich and a, a semi-cold drink and back to the yeah. shop. Yeah. Is it getting pretty hot up there right now? It is. It is. Yeah. It's starting to kick in. It's, it's getting to that weather. Like I could always tell, it's like around July, July, middle of July, when I got to always have a cooler in the back of the truck filled with yeah. like cold water and ice and fans. I have to have a fan on me everywhere I go. Like if yeah. I can wear a fan that just points at my head. <laughs> Seriously. On my neck. We don't, let's not talk about fucking heads because Chris Cash has the biggest fucking melon ever. <laughs> I know. All I see is teeth and nose. There's, right not, there's not a fan big enough. Look, there's not a fan good, big yeah. enough. Wait, look Chris, at, let me see. Let's uh, see the hand update. What does the hand look like? <laughs> oh, you know what? Look at the, the hands look, look clean. Yeah, you know why? Because I went to the fucking beach for like four days last week, and I stayed in the ocean for three of the four days. 
Oh, no kidding. So, yeah, yeah. that ocean water really does help you. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I actually physically took a picture of my hand with my phone because I was like, this is probably the last time they're going to look like this for a while. Oh, <laughs> <That's> really good. <laughs> yeah. Zep, uh, Zep called me this morning or, or shot me a text, and he's like, you going to Jimmy's this weekend? And I said, nah, it's probably going to be too fucking hot, and I want to be out on the water doing something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, it's pretty too- around. Yeah, yeah. I can see I can see your fucking you, you got like raccoon eyes because you're so pink right now. Who me? Or him? Yes, yeah. you. Uh, I don't give a shit. Wait, are you near the beach? I know you're down in Maryland. Are you near the beach? Um, it you're inland, two, aren't you? Two and a half hours. No, I'm in Maryland. But I'm saying you're inland, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It's two and a half hours to the ocean. So it's and like a what do, you, do you have a place to hang out there, or do you just like get back in your car and drive home? What do you have a house? No, or? no, we just get a room down there or something. Oh, right on. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a beach town, so it's called Ocean City. So it's like mm-hmm. everybody goes there. We mm-hmm. stay on the Delaware side. We stay. Mm-hmm. We're not quite in Maryland. We're actually up nicer. It gets a little more less crowded, and you can just like hang out and have a good time. And, and the shit. beaches are open. I mean, are they not closed? I mean, I know some people are. No, open. they're wide open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New yeah, York is no. in good is in good shape at the moment. That's why I like at this thing. Like no one's going to be coming to the house just to keep the house safe, and we'll just hang yeah. out outside and just chill. It'll be fun. Yeah, you didn't have any uh, setbacks from that shit. Not me personally. No, thank yeah. God. I mean, you know, no. I did lose one one advertiser, but it's totally fine. I picked up two more. Thank God. I mean, not good. I've been everything's been good. Yeah, same here. The guys have been rocking and rolling. Yeah, uh, those guys are kicking ass in your spot. Yeah. That was a good decision, right? Ultimately, I remember when you guys were working behind the scenes on that. Yeah, we're having fun. We're doing really good. Looks like uh, it. We're rocking. The footers for the new building just got poured. David came down and, and uh, helped us out. So. Oh, fuck. So, Send him my way, that motherfucker. I need well, he'll, he'll be up there in two weeks. Eh, he doesn't want to come here. He'll be there in <laughs> so, two weeks. He'll be there in two weeks. I need him. He doesn't know this yet. He's going to listen to this. He's, I'm gonna He's hire not going to listen to this. I'm going to hire him and his team to do yeah. the interior of my barn because oh. I mean – me and me and me and Patrick every weekend are like, what do you want to do? Oh, let's start working on the interior of the barn. But first, let's go do forty other things. And yeah, so, you know. No, David's so, great. He brought him so, and two other guys, and they knocked it out in two days. I wish, I, I wish so, we could. If, cloning, if you can clone people, you can clone David. Yeah, the exactly. Be place. So, what's the timeline on the on the new shop, Chris? So he said, let the footers and everything set till Sunday. I'm probably going to give it till Monday, and then we're going to start assembling. What do you I mean, tell me? Like putting up. Tell me. It's a it's a Bethlehem steel prefabricated building. Uh, so it's got eight inch I beam sides, all steel trusses. It's uh, twenty foot ceilings, and it's going to be forty. What do we make the final dimensions? Forty eight by forty four. Nice. Yeah. So, um, and we're going to leave it kind of open right now. We're not going to put sides on it just yet. Uh, we kind of have this open air kind of. Kind of similar, very similar to the uh, your your blacksmith side of your machine shop is uh, yeah open you know, for now yeah yeah so one side's got a wall um, and then I'm just gonna leave the the other thing the other sides of it open but yeah we're excited because we have a bunch of big equipment sitting in a storage container that we'll be able to once we get concrete poured the building's up we're gonna have David come back he's gonna do the concrete pad for us and everything and then we'll start putting some of the bigger pieces of equipment out there so when and, do you uh, hope to be up and operational in it. Uh, what's what's the goal? I, end of summer. If I'm done with it by the end of summer, I'll be so fucking happy. And and done with it. I mean, roof on it, equipment going in there, and we're able to right. start actually working out there. But but the main reason we're doing it, it's not necessarily for us. It's for everybody. We want to have three to four events a year. 
um, where metalheads just get together and, you know, mm-hmm. have fun beating on steel. We want to have a couple power mechanical hammers out there up and running. Um, Lincoln was kind enough to send us that big badass freaking generator. So that's going to oh, be Oh, the 330? Jeez. Uh, what is it? One. I can't remember what this thing's called. Shit. I'm sorry, Lincoln. I can't remember what it was, but that's going to be our power supply for Outback until we have... Uh, we ultimately we need to get. Um, is it that one that looks like a Ferrari, like a square boxy Ferrari? Yes. Yeah, that's the 330, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Yep. Sorry, my dog. God. So, so yeah, that's gonna be our. Sorry. <laughs> Roy, can I ask you where do you live in Kentucky? I've been in and out of Kentucky a few times. Uh, I live in between Louisville and Cincinnati. I was raised I, I was raised outside of Louisville on the Indiana side. Um, uh-huh. Jeffersonville? So, uh, pretty close to Jeffersonville. Um, oh, did you ever hang out so, at the Bomb Factory? You know I did a tour of that place. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, so my neighbor, his grandma actually worked there in World War II. Um, oh, shit. And they're doing all sorts of shit back there. I mean, I noticed so that. whenever I go to my powder coat or anywhere, I, I take the back road. I don't get on the highway. And then I, I always I always go past the uh, old ammunition plant. And there's so much land out there. There's so many fucking buildings. And, like, just someone I think could – This sounds like an exaggeration, but I think they said 600 buildings. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's enormous. Wait, that's this was an actual did. bomb factory? Yeah, right where yeah. he grew up. The yeah. one that I wow. visited in my vlog. If anybody, it's it's public now. I had to make it private because the guy who let me in got in trouble. But it, uh, vlog number twenty six. So if you do duress the twenty six, you'll see the place we're talking about. Just Google duress the number twenty six, and it'll bring up the vlog episode twenty six. And we went. I was in. I was at Bullet. We were in mm. Shelbyville, I guess at Bullet, uh, putting in the sign. Me and Brett. It was kind of one of the first gigs me and Brett did on the road together. And I got a message from some dude who's like, hey, I work at this cool bomb factory. It's not too far from you in Indiana, Jeffersonville, Indiana. He goes, come check it out. And he goes, bring a truck and some tools. He goes, I'll let you take all light fixtures and shit. He goes, it's all going to get thrown away anyway. So, dude, spent the yeah. day. you want to know a kick-ass spot that uh, me and Andrew have a mutual friend named Ron that lives in Bridgeport, and he bought the old Bridgeport building? Oh, I heard about this. I haven't yeah. seen it, but wow. I know he's got tons of shit there. Oh, my God. And he bought it for like some ridiculous price, like it was so cheap. Because they did it at auction, he put a left bid in because he wasn't going to be able to make the public auction, and he won the fucking thing because nobody else even wanted to bid on it. Holy shit! You know, it's all filled with like asbestos and crap. But he like we we walked over there and he <laughs> says, "You want to take a peek in it? We can't. It's not really safe to walk around." And and I was like, "Yeah, let's walk over there." And, oh, and dude! It's, is there it's, like equipment bigger than Bridgeports to make Bridgeports there? They had a don't ask me how it worked or anything or how it functioned, but they had a shit. What do you say it was five million ton press in the actually on the river that pressed uh, extruded uh, steel through right right next to the factory. So they were like heating up the steel to make the parts for the bridge port right outside the factory. And And it's all still on the property. Yeah, it's all still there. Yep. Now, a lot of the machines, Bridgeport's kind of like, uh, he said they're, what did he call them? You know, like kind of like scavengers, but he said stuff's gotten stolen over the years and people have yeah. come in there and, and taken it. But he's like, Bridgeport's still filled, filled with tons of machinery that people don't know about. And it's incredible. Yeah, now, when you say Bridgeport, you mean the town or the? Yeah, uh, no, the actual town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that's where it was. And, and he, I, he took me to his main shop. 
in a small shop, just absolutely filled. You couldn't even walk through it. And, um, you know, telling me how he was going to straighten it up one day. And I just happened to look across the river because his shop backed up to the river. And I said, what's that old building over there? And he says, oh, that's that's mine. He said, that's the old Bridgeport uh, where they made the mills. He said, that's the old factory. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I bought that's that crazy. at auction. He told that, me the whole, whole that's story. That's unbelievable. Yeah, but I told uh, Paul Pinto because he lives close. I said, we got to go by Ron's one day because he said he wants to give us like the grand tour. He was actually he bought something off of me and I drew I delivered it to him and uh, hung out with him for a little bit. But his place was pretty unbelievable. If you ever go up there again, I'd, I'd take that trip. I'd do that pilgrimage to see what's going <laughs> right? on. Right. That, that would be so amazing. It'd be crazy. Oh, fucking wild. Yeah, man. So uh, what's going on at your place, though? What are you well, changing around and moving? Besides well, tell- the horse, uh, the horse barn is going to probably go up in August. Maybe I'm up for two television shows. I don't know what's going to happen, but they both want to film this summer. Uh-huh. I don't have a contract, so I could probably blow both of them completely off at this point. Right. I mean, I mean they might blow me off. Is what I mean. Yeah. So I have no idea what's happening. But the uh, if none of that happens, we're going to try and do a, at least a frame barn frame raising out in the field, right where the teepee is. We're going to move the teepee down in the field. And put a, a six-stall horse barn right there. You didn't take the TB down yet, though, did you? No, no. Just the frame is still up. The, the oh, covering okay. is off because it was getting a little moldy. Yeah. Tell them what's laid out and painted. But we the TP frame is still up. But right where it is, we're going to do a foundation and do like a, a post and beam design that Taylor just found online. Oh, we cool. have a, a guy who does post and beam for a living. And he said, he doesn't know me at all from YouTube. He doesn't know anything. Right. He's like a hippie that just travels with a bag of chisels. Right. And he's like, as long as I have a place to stay. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't know me at all. He's like, he goes, as long as I have a place to stay, I'm near like water and a bathroom. He goes, I'll, I'll camp in the field. I'm like, dude, I get fucking 11 bedrooms. You could stay in the house. He's like, yeah. oh, okay, that's cool too. <laughs> no. And I go, well, I go, and him and Taylor, like Taylor's talking to him on speakerphone in the kitchen. And she's like, well, like, do you think two weeks is a long enough time? And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not hosting somebody for two fucking weeks while we're struggling. <laughs> and yeah. so I just, I kind of piped up from across the kitchen. I'm like, yo, bro, I go, w- w- do you think we can get it done in five days if we have like 15 guys? He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, but they have to be like skilled guys. They can't just be like guys that carry shit. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll figure that part out. I'm going to leave it up to Slaps like Chris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just fucking. And so here. now he's excited about it. He may have, maybe he's done some research on me personally, and he knows like kind of the community that, that is kind of around what we're all doing. And But anyway, he, he wrote a message and said, he's like, I'm into it. He's like, just give me a date and a window and work on the design, get the footings ready. He goes, I'll come up and, you know, I can get the lumber mill just down the road. And so do you all currently have horses or are y'all looking to get horses? Ta- Taylor's got one horse. Yeah. Taylor has one horse that is, uh, she keeps at a, at a stable, you know, with horses that, you know, they get mm-hmm. shoes and teeth worked on every day. So when she brings the horse here, it's going to be interesting because then there's going to be fucking doctors coming and it's kind of cool though that you're going to do stuff with that field. Cause that field, yeah. you haven't done, you haven't done anything with it. No, it used, been be, it used to be a horse pasture. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no evidence of a fence. There is occasionally I'll find like barbed wire, like wrapped up around like a root ball or something. Yeah. So it was at one point it did host animals and there right. was it was when I first bought the house 16 years ago there was a a three stall cow barn that was dilapidated which is right where I put the hot tub we one weekend uh, me and my buddy burned there was nothing usable in it like we went through it it was just like a just a dilapidated building with not even sexy it was probably made in the 50s it wasn't mm-hmm. even made like you know 
in the turn of the century. So yeah, so it was like shitty clapboard. Anyway, we burned all that. I kept a couple of the timbers, and that's where the hot tub is now. So the place was used as a proper farm. And yeah. Taylor punched in the ground. She got one of these pole pounders, and they her and the Mike the fireman hydraulically embedded a hundred, two hundred and fifty poles. Yeah. We had a guy do like most of them, and then Taylor and Mike finished the rest of it. Cool. Yeah, when you posted those stories up of the guy post or pounding the post in, I was like, where the hell is that at? Because you never mow that field. No, yeah, yeah. It looked all mowed and pretty and everything. And I was like, where the hell is he at right now? (laughs) And then actually one of the neighbors who came was helping. He actually came. He's had a uh, like a gill, like a, what do you call it? The fucking thing that runs around your yard. Skid loader. Thank you. And he came over to (laughs) unload the truck with the skid loader. And he suggested, he's like, look. You can't put the fence right against the thing because you need like a you need like a a, a place to scurry around. Right. And so right. Now the fence is going to be ten feet from the property line all around. Oh, cool. So, so the whole like if you look at it from above, the whole entire fence line is moved in. So we could literally drive all the way to the back of the property without ever going through the corral. So it'll be around the whole out. Like I could the whole circumference of the field, I could drive around it whatever be without ever being inside the corral. So well, that's perfect. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah, What's the sense. deal with the uh, second story? I know you were like hot to try, and then that's well, why I need David to come up. Well, David's gonna do my second story. <laughs> He's gonna do my interior. Yeah, and, you know, it's money and time, money and time. I got you. You yeah. know, money and time. It's like I, I don't need the space right now. When we get to certain capacity, and then I need the space, then we'll we'll dig into it. Yeah, due to uh, contrary belief, you do not get everything for fucking free like people think. <laughs> <laughs> you actually have to buy shit. Yeah. That floor is going to be about 25, 30 grand. So. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, so, Jimmy, wh- whenever you're whenever you're out on your property digging around and just, you know, just whatever, do you ever come across old heads, axe heads just never, in the never, in the, never found. I'll tell you, I, I found one axe head, but it's a story. I know how it got there. My buddy's a drunken moron. And one time we <laughs> in the backyard, and I have a uh, it's a what do you call it? Uh, 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 S-wing, you know, S-wing integral, you know, yeah. like with the leather stack handle. And we were hanging out in the backyard like 13, 14 years ago. I just got the house and we were just kind of like getting to know the place. And we were standing by and this, the forest here is kind of new. So there's nothing fatter than like my, than my, you know, my leg as far as trees go around here. And he, he's all drunk and he, and I, and I just got it. It's like, this is a long time ago. And I really, before I really dug into like what we're all doing, you yeah. know, I was still like designing toys and like wanting to be like a fucking frontiersman. You know? <laughs> now that I am. Now frontier- it all comes back yeah. to Wrangler yeah. star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now Wrangler star's channel. I became like, you're, a real, you're a real frontiersman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Wrangler act- star taught me how to do it. <laughs> my act collection con- consisted of like four, S-wing leather stack things from garage sales. Anyway, so just stop. But <laughs> he was holding it, and he takes it and he just throws it as hard as he can into the woods. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. So I was trying to hit that tree over there. I'm like, what tree? The one that's this fucking six inches in diameter? I go, who do you think you are? Fucking Johnny Appleseed? You just fucking threw it right in the wood. <laughs> we look for it for fucking two hours. It was gone. Anyway, oh fast forward to like this summer, my, my guy is like digging a drain. Because remember how all the water was around the blacksmith shop? It would just yeah. be a giant puddle. So he dug a tremendous French drain. So now when the field leaches into that like pile of rocks, 
It just goes out somewhere else. So there's no puddle anymore. So he dug that whole thing up and like next to on the floor of the blacksmith shop, he put all the metal shit he found while he was digging the hole. And one of them was that hatchet that my buddy threw in the woods fucking 12, 13 years ago. Oh, oh my shit. God. That's, That's hilarious. And I, one so I one crazy act story is the uh, I know it burns Roy's ass because oh, I bring God. it up all the time is the five dollar black raven you found. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit, dude, that's in my yeah, that's in my. Is that worth anything? You want that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we we can talk offline if you yeah. want to. That's fine. Tell him how much it's worth. What's that shit worth? Dude, so I'll tell you that story about that Black Raven. I was driving. It was a day. It might have been like July 4th, like four or five years ago. It was like a, it was a holiday weekend, July 4th Memorial Day, where like everybody has like a little field of shit to sell. And I drove by this place where I'd never really go, just outside of Hudson. And I pulled over and, they, and I'm like looking around. It's all big furniture. And then there's like a bucket with tools in it. And I pick one up and I'm like, how much for the axe? He goes, two bucks. And I'm like looking at it and I'm rubbing it. And I'm like, is there a graphic under this rust? And I'm like, it was in a bucket that was like filled with rust. You, you, okay, you know those yeah. buckets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Outside a farmer's field and just fill up. And it just, yep. it's been filled up for like 10 years with water. And now they had dumped it out and then let everything in it had a stain line up like 10 inches and just bright orange rust. And I'm looking at it and I'm rubbing it and I'm like, holy shit, this might be a black, holy fuck, it's a, oh my God, it's a fucking black raven. Now they wouldn't have known one way or another. They didn't give a fuck. They were just selling junk over yeah. the side of the road. Yeah. And uh, I did an Instagram story on it, and a couple of people were like, dude, I think that's what it is. And when I got it home, I, it was like one of the first things I ever used Evaporos for. It was before I really got to know the people from Evaporos. No, I think I might have used white vinegar. I put it in a bag. I didn't know Evaporos yet. This is like four years ago. And I put it in a bag with white vinegar. And anyway, it's a black raven, and it's mine. It's not yours. <laughs> so it's it's I funny got text messages about that when you found it they were like you see fucking jimmy just found a black raven i was like yeah he doesn't give a shit so it's it's we funny know. to me that people that don't know anything about axes know the black raven i mean i don't know how ever like just the normal lay person knows about a black raven but it seems like, oh, do you collect axes? Do you have a black raven? Like that, that's the fucking first question. How many? Someone ha how many do you have? How many black ravens do you have? About fourteen, maybe fifteen right now. Really? And what is the story? Like, what was the window of opportunity that they made those? Was it made by True Temper? So yes, initially it was. So there, there are two main categories of timeline. Um, you tell the story every single episode. I'm sorry. No, uh, I actually, I fucking don't let him talk about axes at all. It's boring. You fucking asshole. <laughs> God. Tell the Black Raven story. Yeah, Go. tell them the Black Ravens. So they were made uh, early 1900s to 1930, okay? Um, and they're two different etches. So it's not an embossing. It's not a stamp. It's an actual etch. And they actually put wax on the head. They dipped it into acid. And where the wax wasn't touching it, ate away the image. Right. Um, so... From 19, early 1900s to 1930, True Temper, um, it was actually Kelly Works, or not, excuse okay. me, Kelly, Kelly Axon Tool Company. Right. In 1930, True Temper, um, 19, 1930, it was American Fork and Ho bought Kelly out, and they, they took the name True Temper and just plastered it everywhere. So there's another variation of the Black Raven that says... It's got this. It's got the bird, but then it, it says Kelly Axon Toolworks, American Fork and <clears throat> excuse me, American Fork and Hope Company, um, with True Temper on it. Also, so those 
are 90% of the time, whenever you find a Black Raven, it's going to be post-1930. They're still very valuable. They're still sought after. But the pre-1930 stuff, in my mind, is way cooler yeah. because... Well, well let me ask cooler. you something. You guys have something to talk about for four minutes? I'll go grab it, and we can talk about it on there. Go grab it. Yeah, go grab, go grab it. it. Right Let's do it. All right. I'm going. I'll be right back. So it's you're fine? Time. All right, cool. You're... Uh... Talk about those laminate axes. Fucking uh, bangers. Yeah, they are bangers. So um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but <coughs> God damn it. This COVID cough's really getting me. Uh, um, uh, I don't know when it was. Maybe a month, month and a half ago. I right. Know, I, I bought that uh, American um, 12-inch parts planer, right? Yeah, go cast iron thing, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking do these these laminate handles, and so you know how things work out, right? So whenever you have an idea in your head, you don't have all the fucking parts lined up, but right. you know, a year down the road, six months down the road, things are gonna start lining up. So my my local sawmill had a bunch of crazy cool hardwoods that were crotch green. They had freaking crazy figure in them. Some of them were, you know, curly this, curly that, bird's eye this. Right. And and there were thin blanks. They were like three-quarter blanks. And they weren't very long either. And I just I just bought them all. And every time I go there, he calls it his little candy store. Um, oh, shit. And I, and I buy them all up. And I and seriously, I had no idea what I was going to do with them. Yeah. And until it just freaking and I guess they're, clicked they're, around. They're relatively inexpensive. The, the blanks, the blanks that he cuts out. Yeah, they're relatively inexpensive because the right. board footage is so small. So now I've got the planer. I can resaw these um, hardwood blanks and then uh -huh. I can make these crazy laminate handles so jimmy just got back he's showing us a black raven it's a double bit all right so that is an american fork and hoe version so 1930 to probably 1950 or so is it anything is this a true temper on the back it does you're right absolutely right yeah yep i haven't finished i'm in the middle of restoring it by the way so you send, 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 me, send, send me that jimmy i'll i'll, uh, I'll do it up for you there you right go. seriously what is this uh, so what is this worth as is just like it's it's in the original so, handle i presume so it still has black paint like in the inlay like just tell them straight up what the vintage x uh price is like when you're done with them what you sell them for this will give you. Whenever a, I'm done, whenever I'm done with that, it's a thousand bucks to fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. As is condition right there. So black ravens over the last two or three years have fucking exploded, and I might be part of the problem because yep. a lot of black ravens come through my shop. Um, so that head three years ago would have cost two hundred dollars, four hundred dollars tops. Now you can't touch one for less than five or six, a decent one. And the etch that you have is pretty decent. And I got to tell you, um, it actually had gold, um, gold leaf paint on the inside. So it's still there's any, a little yellow in it. No yeah. shit. 
like yeah. in the inside of the emboss, like where the e, where the raven yeah. is and shit. Yeah, no, the I remember shit. being able to see a little bit of yellow in there, but now maybe I was maybe I'm fucking imagining that. Wait, have you ever done that on one, Roy? Put the gold leaf back in it? No, I haven't. Yeah. Thank hey. you. Make sure you're too close to the camera. <laughs> right. There you go. She said this. Eh, maybe something. You can see a little, like a little tint of it, but that that's in really good condition, actually. What'd you do? But uh, did you buy a store bought handle and just jam that in there? No, no. This was in the, This is the handle it was on. Oh, I thought it. I thought, I thought it was, it was in a bucket head. of heads. Yeah. No, no. It was in a bucket of tools. Like just sticking oh. it. Oh. Chop it off just, that handle and send it to Roy. Let him redo yeah. it for you. Like, you know, look at that. You know, this is the one it was yeah. on. That's the stain. I I put it in the bag, and that's the stain that's on the handle. You can't see because it's stained about six inches up. That's so crazy. That's from the Roy, what was uh? They didn't have no special retail price on those when they were new, did they? They were just like another axe, just there. Nice yeah, looking. they were. And they weren't even the top of the line. So the the top of the line axe that Kelly put out and True Temper put out was yeah. um it was called um the registered line where they actually had serial numbers for them. There's there's no documentation for correlating the 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 numbers that are um, engraved on there with right. when they were produced. It, ah. It's it's a crazy fucking like rabbit hole that no one can figure out. Huh. So whenever someone's so buyer beware if you're on eBay or wherever the fuck and someone says oh I got a Kelly register with a really low number it's super old it go tell them anything. to fuck off because doesn't yeah. mean anything. The fuck, no they're stupid yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. Huh. Wow. So you drive up the prices of Black Ravens, and Jimmy drives up the pl- prices of uh, bandsaws. That's <laughs> fair. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. Seriously, that's I've fair. Seen, have you seen the, the the new trend going now, Jim? I know I know you probably have seen it. The fucking be, be like Jimmy Duresta trend that's going on like Facebook Marketplace and. Uh, oh, I saw. Craigslist. I somebody posted that that I, image. I got I got one local on a fucking wait. Craigslist. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wait, and I'm explain like, that. What the fuck is going on? Okay, somebody, so somebody posted a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half. I could probably dig it up, but I, I can't remember the, specifically who it was. But he said, check this out. It said bandsaw like Jimmy Duresta's, which yes. basically what he was implying was that it was a Delta Rockwell 14 inch, which it wasn't. Don't want to get too nitpicky. It wasn't, but it was a right. star bandsaw. I don't know. It might have been a Sears or something. But and I wrote the guy, I'm like, is this legit? And he wrote back, he's like, no, for real. And he sent me the original listing. He said, a bandsaw like Jimmy, a Jimmy DeResta style bandsaw, which basically would have implied Delta Rockwell 14 inch. Anywhere from 1940s to 1990s. See, I got yeah. it with the American. It was an American style. I don't I don't want to necessarily say it was American because it was unmarked. But a 36? Yeah, I don't think it was even a 36. It was just a big bandsaw. And people labeled it, and I don't remember what the hell I was, I think I was out of town at the time or doing something else, but I wanted to screenshot it and send it to you, but it's gone now. But he, he had it listed as Jimmy Duresta style bandsaw, and it was like just the classic picture of, you know, the one picture of it sitting sideways in a garage somewhere. Yeah, and I was like, "These funny. motherfuckers!" <laughs> I had no, I, I had no idea this. Was oh a yeah, thing. you you got your own fucking style. Delta unless, Rock. so like, unless that's you, the you, most common fucking bandsaw on like, earth. Every single time someone says to me, "What should I buy? Should I buy a Win? Should I buy a fucking Rikon?" I'm like, yeah. "Those are all garbage. Just buy a used Delta Rockwell." That's what I yeah. tell everyone. Because Delta Rockwell, you don't need to break out a set of fucking Allen keys to adjust the, the guides. And it's rock solid no matter what year you buy. You could buy a 19 fucking 
1930s and it's still oh 1940s and it's still a fucking good goodbye that last one you just did the rest well i don't even want to call it restoration but the the one you fixed all the parts on that was pretty crazy well uh which which one remind me i don't even know it was a delta you had it on the trailer and you took everything apart inside oh that's the one andrew sent me yes yeah it it didn't the the gearing didn't work it didn't go into low gear so i took the whole thing apart i I never those, but i figured it out yeah i didn't even know they were that uh uh, intricate's not the right word, but I didn't know they had that many parts in the for the lower gear. The way you were explaining it, that's like, the metal wood one, which is really hard to find. So if you yeah. can get your hands on the metal wood one, it, there's like a sh- I don't even remember what the fuck was wrong with it to be honest with you, but I took it apart, fixed it, put it back together. Yeah. But there is like a push pin. You push it and it takes the gear yep. out of. It's it's like going. It's like doing. It's kind of like know, a transmission in a car. It's like yeah. a manual transmission in a car. It's like a bull gear on a on a lathe. Yeah. Yeah. So you put you in low gear so that you could run metal. While awesome. while you were gone, we were talking about um, Roy's been doing these laminate handles lately on. Yeah, his axes. they're really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Crazy cool. And How you've do you done glue? you've done you some laminate handles, right? A little bit. What do you glue it together with? Type Bond three. Yeah, that's it. I was gonna say Type Bond's good. So and and I got tons of people asking me, are what are you using five minute epoxy? Using you know this long setup? No, dude, it's fucking woodworking. You take two pieces, you put them, you put glue on your surface, and you clamp them together. You leave them overnight. You know, like, I tell I, her, I say it all the time. People, people are I, I always people, like, what kind of, what is the best glue? I say, I tell you, anything I ever glued together in my life never came apart. So, any that you that, that that you know of. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, you know, shit, when you yeah. do enough shit for the public, they'll be like. Um, remember the drawer you made for me 18 yeah that's ago? true yeah that's just delaminated can you fix it it's like you know when you make something for somebody you are fucking married to it forever yeah I st- yeah still people calling me they're like um do you remember the shelf you put up it just ripped out of the wall <laughs> all right would you put uh, my fucking 18 year old son sat on it i'm like okay <laughs> oh thanks jesus christ i no. thankfully i'm like i'm out of that business i'm like find somebody else can you recommend somebody else <laughs> No, so I just, you know, I I've, I was telling Chris that I, my local lumber mill, he had all these really beautiful blanks. And thankfully, um, this resin table, you know, river table kind of craze has gone on. And my, my sawmill guy is smart enough to kind of key in on it because, you know, five years ago, all of these cutoffs would have just been right to the freaking, you know, scrap. You know, they'd just be chewed up and thrown into scrap because <laughs> at, they're just small, super small little blanks. But he was like, someone can do something with this. And mm-hmm. and I was telling Chris, like, yeah, I saw him a year ago. Didn't know what I was going to do with him. Didn't know how I was going to incorporate it into the stuff that I was doing. But I knew that they were so fucking pretty. I got I, I just got to figure something out to do with them. So they you just make a river forever. axe handle. Did you ever make a river axe handle? He- <laughs> Jimmy, I'm going to choke you out, motherfucker. <laughs> you did. Yes. yes. <laughs> so for everyone out there, maybe tell that's what why I, mean. I know it. Maybe I know. <laughs> See, so Vintage Axe Works, mother. I'm saying it right here. The first one to fucking do epoxy handles. Um, I did them last year. I took them to Blade Show. They were a huge hit, and they never fucking sold. Wait, wait, so wait. I, no, you're not the first one to do them. The, the style that you did. Jim was probably yeah. doing epoxy handles in high school. <laughs> No, but I'm saying I think I've seen it. I think I've yeah. been, because uh, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I have a vision of it. I must have seen he, it. He did. TV. He did something very similar. It wasn't necessarily the river handle, but yeah, I left my fucking phone. I left my. I have my. It was very phone. similar to that. 
I left my phone at the shop. I came over here with no phone. I'm like, but yeah, he made them, and me and him were he he kind of kept me in the loop on what was going on with him because he was excited to do it, and then they just kind of tanked. They didn't take off like he thought they would. But well, for for some reason, and I'm getting this right now with these laminated blanks. Everyone wants to know, can I use it? Why the fuck do you need to use every goddamn axe that you buy? Like. There are millions and millions of axes available for use. You right. don't need to spend $500 on a crazy, beautiful, laminated handle and go out and chop wood with it. There's just no reason for it. Some things are just meant to be freaking pretty and cool and set up and go, hey, Chris, look at this. Look what I got. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Like the shit that you make, it's sculptures. Does anyone say, um, can I water my fucking lawn with this thing yeah, that yeah, rolls yeah. around? Like you know what you do with shit. it? You leave it next to your bed, and when a stranger shows up, you fucking yeah. blast yeah. him in the face with it. Did there you ever go. have that, Jim? Like before, before uh, when you were doing uh, custom work for just one-on-one people, not necessarily brands. Did you ever have those people that were like, when you it's, uh, shit? I'm trying to think of an example of something smaller that you've made that everybody knows about. But say like the Wyclef guitar, because that's one of your most yeah. famous builds. Right. Did did Wyclef ever call you back and say like, oh, this thing just like doesn't sound like, you know, that, did that shit you want, happen? You want to hear a funny story what happened with that thing? So they, I made the thing and they needed it for like, suddenly they got like, we, we, we got in touch. We started talking. I'm like, oh, I can make an AK-47. And then I got inspired and I went and bought, I started working on it without them telling me. I ba- I made that basically for free as an opportunity yeah. to make a cool video. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I was working with him, and anyway, it was a great connection. We remained friends for a little while, and anyway, so they, now they're like, so I started working on it. A couple days goes by, they see it like half done. It's still red and black, and they're like, "Holy shit, we need this for the video." We're all leaving on Friday to go to Chicago to shoot a video. We need it for that video, right? And I'm like, "All right, um, well, fuck it. I'll just you know I'll work late." And I work late, and I spray painted it gold. It's just all the shit you see in the video, and then I had it. They're like, they needed it for like some fucking opportunity to do like an article or something. And so I'm driving up to the studio on 44th street with it, like all excited to show it off. And I'm driving on my Vespa and I have it long ways at my feet. It's long ways at my feet. Yeah. So my Vespa is no longer fucking 20 inches wide. My Vespa is like 45 inches. Wide. Right. I forget that and I'm fucking splitting lanes. Oh, and shit. I fucking boom. I hit the fucking cab with the side of the fucking guitar box. Oh my god! And I'm like, I just fucking snapped the whole fucking thing in half because the fucking oh and like sh- the box shifted up and like hit my throttle hand. I'm like, oh fuck! And I pull over to the side of the road. This is on 34th Street, all the way on the west side. And the cab driver pulls over and he gets out and he looks and I didn't dent shit. I fucking broke my fucking guitar. And so I open it up and the only thing that broke on it, thankfully, was that banana clip. Yeah. That was glued to the thing. And that whole thing was like integral on its own. So the banana clip, if you break it off, it still had the strings and the adjustment thing. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, thank God. I thought I broke the neck of the guitar off. And so thank I God. drive up to the studio and I stop at a hardware store. I get fucking five minute epoxy and shit. And I go into the studio and they're like, how is it? I'm like, ah, this thing, it's fine. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry. <laughs> so I glued the banana clip on with epoxy and it, everything was fine. And they got the guitar. They went on their fucking. They did the the, the video with it. If you look online, there's a video called "Bang Bang" by Wyclef. It's about the shootings in Chicago, and he was trying to do like you know bring attention to gun violence. Yeah, and that's the video. That like that epoxy broken part story 
happened like 24 hours before the video was shot. Oh my god. Dude, could have destroyed the thing by like really racking it. Do you ever feel like disconnected from the um say the person you're making the thing for like a lot of these like David I, I, I'm going to fuck up his last name it's Cordella or something like that. Uh the, you know the sword maker. He makes his, he's got his very unique style um cedar 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 forge. Oh, it's Colin Forge's brother. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, he yeah, just did a sword for Post Malone right now. Oh, wow. And, and, and what he's doing it for is for a venue that Post Malone is going to play at. What I'm getting to with you is I've seen you do stuff like that for different artists and stuff like that. Do you ever feel like a disconnection between your work and, like, you did the thing for Maynard? Oh, like, yeah, 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 that was cool. But that was like or, – or you did the um, – uh, didn't you do something for Chris Rock or, uh, well, yeah, I did. I was doing things for the green room at the, uh, Berkeley center in Brooklyn. So it wasn't necessarily for them, but it was it, a gift it, it, for, it was the for them, but they didn't hire me. Yeah. So the Brooklyn, mm -hmm. the Brooklyn, uh, venue, uh, what is it called? The Barclay center. Yeah. There was a girl there that was a fan of mine. She just started following me and she's like, wouldn't it be cool if we had cool, weird shit that you would like research the person and make some cool shit. So yes. when they come and do a show, so every week the budget was like four or five grand. So I made the wine thing for uh, for Maynard, like a wine cabinet that looked like a creepy old thing you would have seen in a in a tool video. It was badass. Uh, that was the, fun. But I'm um, like, do you feel like, oh, Maynard's not gonna give a fuck about this, like that kind of thing, or are you like you really put your heart into it, knowing, thinking that he's gonna really, you know, do you ever feel you know, like I a disconnect? Really with do. That? I like. I definitely am detached from it emotionally. Like I'll okay. make it and be yeah. like. Fuck, that looks really cool. Like, and honestly, it's so funny because once I get a cool picture of it, yeah, it's you're like, done. Fucking she is released. Like, yeah. okay, cool. I don't give a yeah. fuck about it now. Yeah, <laughs> but would you, would you? Okay, so for instance, the shack stool you did for Tonka, like, yeah. would it be? It would be different to you, and I know, I know you personally, so it would be different though if Shaq called you and was like, "Hey, I've been watching your stuff. I need some chairs yeah. for my house." You yeah. would feel totally different about it, though, right? Oh yeah, you know, I'd be happy to like. Like what I always want, and what I was talking about with the uh, with the uh, the koa thing, whatever the fuck it's called, the thing that cuts agave for Don Julio. Yeah. I always want I always want people to feel like they made the right choice of getting in touch with me and getting involved. Like I never want to have them have to remind me, hey, where's that thing? I'm like I'm always ahead of them, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And someone like uh, like if I get do get in touch with like Wyclef or somebody like that, I'm always really happy to like be professional, like. I, I, I'm honored to be able to be professional for, you know, someone that's going to, you know, look good on Instagram, basically. I don't know. Yeah. Is that, that... No, that, that makes. And then when I, sense. then when I have a buddy that like keeps nagging me to make one fucking thing and he's like, how much is it going to cost if I put a rivet? Or how much is that going to cost? I'm like, <laughs> that never gets done because it's so fucking irritating. Yeah. Just to do the one thing. What if the book was smaller? Would it be half as much? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about products for a little bit because you've been pumping some crazy products out. Okay. I actually went on the website and bought some shit the other night. Oh, you did? I did. I put a shit. You know that. You, you, the product design is crazy that you're doing now. It's crazy. I'm just having fun. You know, like I, I had my website was bumping along, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month, not really doing well. Yeah. But give a shit and then i got in touch with these guys they they came to me through the maker mob that's why i've been doing these videos where i'm talking about maker mob so the guys yeah. behind the scenes on the maker mob 
looked at my website and they're like, you got, you're leaving so much opportunity. You're not taking advantage of your website. You have such a huge following and you're not taking advantage of it and let us help you. And so these guys came in and with my business partner, Howard and them, we've, he's, he's the one who's saying, you gotta fucking promote your website and your videos. You gotta just take 10, 15 seconds and just say, Hey, Mm -hmm. don't forget I have a website and product is moving. You know, it's, it's ebb and flow. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Right. the ice picks continue to sell. I keep making ice picks. They continue to sell, which is great. Do you, you ever feel like razor blade is selling? What? Do you ever feel like in your head, do you ever get in your head and be like, you're beating a dead horse with the fucking ice picks? No, I, I look at okay. somebody like, and I said it on my podcast. I look at like Dremel tool. Yeah. Like I, I, I want it to be like, Hey, hand me the Duresta. And somebody hands the guy, the ice, you know, there you go. Like I want, that's what I want. And the only yeah. way for that to happen is to like, Hey, hand me the Dremel tool. Dremel was a guy who fucking came up with the rotary tool. So gotcha. like German tool maker, you know, yeah. but well, who see, the, only, the only reason I asked that is because like, so the, the dragon opener, there's dragon bottle openers. Every time I make them, I can sell them instantly. And right. I, I very much appreciate that. But at the same time, it also feels like do. I'm, I'm fucking one trick pony here. It's like, and I yeah. wonder if you get the f- same feeling like, Oh, I'm fucking doing ice picks again. You know, like, my, my, my buddy, David, who's, uh, he's my, he's my, my lawyer friend. And he's, he's been like a confidant for me for a really long time. Yeah. He said this to me once and he says it all the time. Still, he was visiting here the other day. He goes, never get mad at a sandwich. That's never get his, mad at a sandwich. Never, never get angry at a sandwich. Basically means like that's work. That's money. It's money. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. Like, why would you, this is his like old school Jewish saying. He always yeah. says, never <laughs> get mad at a sandwich, never which basically means like, why would I be mad at the ice? Why would I resent the ice pick? Every single time I make one, it's uh, sixty or seventy dollars. And Every now, si- and now you're improving on the design, which is crazy. I got yeah. one right here with the magnet in it. The magnet. Crazy. The magnet ones is selling like crazy. I got a guy the other day wrote to me because I use the magnet more than I use the ice pick. What yeah. I find fascinating is how your love of tools and your hoarding collection over the years. Um, I don't know where you said it, but I heard you say, "I just." changed a mind shift and now it's i have a factory i can make whatever i want to make and yeah. you're just turning you're freaking you know just collecting all of your stuff and you're actually using everything and you can make and process products I mean, people yeah it, it's just amazing um, like if i can't demonstrate it i honestly like if somebody came to me and it's like like Andrew sent me and Eric a picture the other day. He's like, guess what this shit is? And I'm like, it was this crazy cool fucking contraption. But I, I don't know, is it a rope maker? I thought it was broom maker, rope maker. And then it looked cool. But in my mind, I was like, I would never want that just mm-hmm. because it looks cool. Yeah. Like then it was something for making horse harnesses, like in a factory. Oh, situation. okay. Okay. Yeah. But like in, you know, 1800, 1890s, 1910. Right. But it was a cool looking thing. But I would never, I wouldn't even take it for free because I couldn't turn that into like an interesting video demonstration. Ah, okay. You know gotcha. I mean? Like it'd have to, something I could use for a video, something where I can have some end product. Like yeah. I got this pantograph thing and I got it and I didn't really do anything with it. It's sitting around one day. I started fucking around with it and I could, I could engrave a, a Zippo lighter with it. I can, I can put, I can do it with a CNC machine, but this is more fun. It's a little bit more tactile. I can put my name in like three point type on like a knife blade. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like the old school way that that's how it was done. I, I've had one of those offered to me before, and I, for free because the guy was like, I, "I'll never use it." My dad had it, 
And yeah. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I would use that for. And then when I seen the Zippo thing, I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I said, like, just give it to me. I'll, if it's something that's yeah. like remotely interesting, I'll figure out something with it. And uh, there's a 2D panograph and a 3D panograph. The 3Ds are the one that you see like Marco Terenzi making like little hammer handles with and stuff. That's, yeah. you know, the, the 3D one is a little bit more sought after. But you know what I want now? I want to make, I want a fucking like a, a, a duplicating machine. Really? Yeah. For like handles and shit? Hand, like handles or I don't know, fucking table legs or something. I'll come up yeah. with something. There's a guy in Texas that has one and he's du- he's duplicating uh, hammer handles and he's he's marketing them to blacksmiths right now that make hammer heads. Yeah. It's like, hey, don't worry about making, you know, 500 of the hand carved handles. Send us your one and we'll duplicate it and send you back. So they're still your handles, but. Right. And I, so I think the duplicators are pretty big too, aren't they? They're a little, yeah. yeah. Do you um, remember, Chris, you weren't with us when we went to the Museum of uh, Precision in Massachusetts. No, no you no, weren't huh? there. But we went up there and there was a gun stock duplicator, which is basically a duplicator. Could, you could yeah. put whatever your model is, is whatever yep. it'll duplicate. But they had one there for making like Springfield rifles. And that would be fucking cool to be. Yeah, to, there's a you know, there's a gun stock uh, duplicator down the road here at Harper's Ferry in West Virginia was where they had they were, I don't know, something during the war and they were making guns there. And, and it was a line shaft driven kind of sim- very similar to what you guys went to. And mm-hmm. uh, that was crazy cool to see in person. Yeah. And like to think about making that back then was like, holy shit, you know, there's a guy up in Vancouver. Um, he's kind of teamed up with this axe company i'm not going to name their fucking name um but he, <laughs> he's he's got he's got a copy lathe and it's like a i think a four or five head um and he's turning out some really pretty handles um they're gorgeous uh, I, can't, I, I can't fault him for that but um so i was like oh, i need one of those yeah. You can't you can't fucking find them. And if yeah. you do, it's like, how am I going to get this thing to Warsaw, Kentucky? It's just, there's just no fucking way. Guys, try to find one. My buddies, uh, to everybody out there listening, Jim and Roy want duplicators. So if you know where there's a duplicator. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take mine rusty and beat up. Give me something to fucking sink my teeth into to fix. Yeah, there you go. Make a good video, right? No, yeah. I, I want to I hit the fucking switch and just start cranking them out. If, <laughs> if, if, if I could make, if I can make, you know, tons of handles. I could sell tons more freaking axes. I, I, I get people asking me for you to tell you to make handles. Just sell handles. And, and there, there's, I want to ask you both something. So, Chris, how often, yeah. how how many bottle openers do you make a day? Dragon Tales. Uh, if I like went hard on it all day, I could do ten. Ten a day. Yeah. And is I, that, and, 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 what's that? Is the return worth worth it? Absolutely. I would assume so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what if you train somebody? A piece. How much? They're a hundred bucks a piece. Now, what if you train somebody to do that for you? I've tried. <laughs> I've oh, really you just gotta do something. You, you, gotta you know do what? Something. You know what it is, and, and, and nothing to anybody out there that's that's uh, uh, duplicated what I've done or tried to make you know uh, something similar to it. I don't know what it is, and it's not me being a conceited asshole or anything. But nobody just mm. they can't they can't nail it. They just can't oh. nail it. I don't know. I've had a lot of people try to do it, but I understand what you're getting to. Yeah. I, I've, I've my, even put, my ice pick is obviously 50 times simpler than that because yes. there's a lot more artfulness in what you're doing. But when uh, when I first made the first couple ice picks, I remember turning over like I think I might have let Dave Welder solder the first couple. And yep. I was a little anxious about that. And then Brett did a good job soldering it. Now Aaron's doing a really good job soldering it. So 
you know, the side they're doing that solder joint was always always neurotic about. Right. Don't fuck up ten of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta find a couple guys and you know, taking an apprentice and just get I, somebody to do that grinding and then you take over the rest. I put out the word to the local guild saying that I was willing to pay a hundred bucks a day for somebody to come in there and learn. You, learn how to do it. It and you know, guys want access to a shop, they don't necessarily have a place where they can set up a shop and have an open fire and all that stuff. And I got one guy uh to take on the challenge and he came in for a day and he ultimately I was fine with it, but he got so frustrated with himself that he gave up. He just wow. couldn't, he couldn't figure out the cuts. And, you know, we did, we did four or five of them and he just, he was just like, I can't do it, man. He's like, I'd love to do it. And but he's like, I just can't figure out how you do it. Right. And I, you know, step by step, what, you know, taking him through as if he was a student and he still couldn't get it. Cast well, him. and cast well, him. And yeah. That- <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. Don't fucking yeah. cast them. Dude, cast them in bronze. Jimmy's like, Jimmy's like, cast them or call China. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Dude, I'm telling you. I saw, like, uh, I, I met a guy here recently, and he showed me he makes, he designs, like, uh, draw pulls. And yeah. there's a guy here locally. I, he said, when you have a project, because he's kind of private. He goes, when you have a project, I'll introduce you to him. Because I don't want you to just go bug him. But th- he, this, like, intricate vine work that he sculpted in wax. Yeah. And then this guy cast him. Not any less complicated than those dragon tails would be. I mean, there's obviously a lot of pinpoints and bubble catches yes. on those things. Yes. But, you know, when you're spin casting or, you know, I think, you know, lost wax technique, I think you could do it. That's crazy. I never I never really thought about that. As, as a product, yes, then, then it would allow me to uh, drop the price and let more people get their hands on them. Yeah. Because I've had other – I've had – Cast I, them I, and sell them for 250 bucks a piece. Cast them for <laughs> There you go. Marketing genius. I'm not – Dude, you know how much this book is? I got you. Because I've had people message me and say, oh, how much are those? They're amazing. And then I say 100 bucks, and they're like, oh, maybe next time. I'm yeah. like, okay, you know. You see this leather-bound book? Would you like to buy one of these just for you? Uh, you know what? $490. I, I actually would. How much are they? 500 bucks. Oh, that's totally worth it. Well, you were gonna say fuck that. I'm not paying. No, that. absolutely not. <laughs> no, because I no, I've been, I've been uh, watching your process and I'm busted. Like, Holy shit. Oh, honestly, I'm I'm kind of joking, but I I did an Instagram or I did a live yeah. stream and I talked about my my book and then I'm like I made four of these and everyone's like how much and I'm like honestly 500 bucks each. Yeah. Because yeah. they're so they're the biggest pain in the dick to make. Yes. And yeah, I they're literally every aspect about it is just fucking straight up handmade so, and. And they're actually some semi easier to make as I go on. Yeah. But so anyway, so the point of making this is a guy emailed me last night a couple of days ago. He's like, hey, I want a book. How much for the book? I'm like, well, there are lots of work. I said they're 500 bucks each and I expect him to come back going. Thanks. You know, I appreciate it. Have a nice life. He's like, I want two of them. I want a red one and a black one. Yep. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. We call it the fuck you price because that's it. I had to start telling Ilya to do that on this. He was he was spending like days engraving something and he's like oh i got i don't want to sell it but i got i said tell the guy twenty five hundred dollars tell him twenty five hundred bucks and he comes back he's like i don't know what it is but i guarantee you that's too low it it was and i was like shit we should have told him 35 (laughs) look what alec is doing isn't alec selling some of his swords for like ten and fifteen thousand dollars i'm hearing oh shit i think i think that kind of falls into the nothing not taken away from anything he does but i think it kind of falls into the brand he's People yeah. are buying, yeah, they're buying the brand a lot of times, and, which is fine. 
people like are buying into my brand too. Like they'll they'll like what? buy something and think that they can turn around and sell it on eBay. I'm like, I hope you can. I really hope that I can. Are you serious? Yeah, sometimes people buy shit from me. Like these books they, will have that sort of uh, you know mystique. But like they, my wizard spikes, which I haven't made a lot in a while. Yeah, remember those silly I do wizards? Remember those. Yes, I was I making don't. those, and don't like I the one that I made with you last year when Chris Zepp decided to yeah. burn his hand is sitting right here in my office. I think you pissed off every fucking blacksmith within a fucking thousand mile radius of you when you sold those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a bunch I, of them somewhere. I've seen vintage axe work stuff on eBay before. And no shit. Yeah. Hmm. Seriously, and and, it, and to Jimmy's point, it's not because you know someone got it and they're like, oh fuck this, I don't want it anymore. It's like, well, I got this, and maybe I can make a little bit more money off of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I don't know. I, I kind of find it flattering. It's um, it. I don't it know. Is. You know why not? It just adds to the mystique. I I have this. Uh, I made this guitar, this flaming skull guitar, I made many years ago, and I made it in '92. And every now and again, it trades hands, and then people write to me, and they're like. Hey, dude, you're, you're just recently it just went up for sale, and that's like fifteen thousand dollars. It's just made Good. by Jim Preston. No shit. I made it I've in '92 for ESP guitars. I've given wow. stuff away when I get back to the shop. When I come up to visit you, you know, you always give me like a handful of shit that you're working on, and I give some of that stuff away to close friends that know you and everything, and they follow you on YouTube and everything. When I gave Kevin, oh the, shit. When I gave Kevin the first giant razor blade when you were prototyping those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, you would have thought I handed him a block of gold. (laughs) (laughs) These things aren't even made yet. He hasn't even started releasing these yet. I was like, yeah, Yeah. you can have it. I was like, you'll use it more than I will. No, no, no. It wasn't even that. It was like he was (laughs) such a – well, you know, Kevin's the one that kind of – when me and you met at uh, – shit, I can't even think of what that place was called now. Anyway, when, whenever we met, I said, this guy Jim's here, and then he, he's like, you know who the fuck that is? And I'm like, no, I have no, I have no idea. So he's I don't watch you, Jim. He was a fan of yours for a really long time, and then that's, that's Jimmy's terrible fucking impression on me right there, by the way. He does that. He has to do that every five minutes when we're sitting together. Because every time we hang out, I'll be like, hey, listen, you know, you know, uh, you know Wrangler Star, right? He'll be like, I don't watch YouTube. I'm like... So hey, back back up for a second, Jim. You've mentioned Wrangler Star three fucking times now. So tell me that story. Why are you obsessed with this motherfucker? What's going on? I honestly, a hundred percent, I'm just fucking with you because I know you probably know all the axe nerds know him. So I'm just bringing his name up to fuck with you. It's just that, yeah. There's guys like that. There's guys that either hate him or love him. They think he's like a god or he's so like listen, the weirdest so, fucking dude on the planet but whatever close to 10 years ago i i was watching him maybe seven years ago who fucking knows and he put out really good content and it was very um you know like how to videos how to sharpen your axe how to hang your axe and then all of a sudden he gets really really popular and he gets all this sponsorship stuff and he starts he stops talking about hand tools and yeah. then he just goes off on fucking left field and he doesn't care about the fucking hand tools anymore. He just cares about making content for goddamn YouTube. Jimmy. And he, yeah, I think, well, I think Roy's one of your commenters on one of your fucking. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> You're so lucky. You're yeah. so lucky. Bro. Well, I wish I got free tools. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if I got free tools, what I could do. You know, it's a balancing act, but I, I honestly have like, you know, you guys could tell I have a, a passion for finding cool old shit and rescuing Hell it, yeah. you know, and then just finding like, like, you know, it's always like looking for that fucking diamond in the rough, like finding that, that asset yeah. in a bucket and being like, look what I fucking got. You know, I saved this one from the scrap heap. 
you know, there's that. And but you know, then when somebody comes along, is like, hey, would you like a free CNC machine? I'm like, yes, I would. <laughs> Fuck Roy and his fucking axe collection. Oh God! <laughs> oh, thin ice, Jimmy. Oh, oh thin shit. Ice. I'm fine hey, with you. Well, hey, we'll hey, start. Hey. Uh, go ahead, Roy. I, I got a personal question for you, Jimmy. Uh-oh. So um, you were talking, um, I think it was just the, the Fits All podcast, and you were talking about being straight edge and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And and obviously Andrew didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. But then you and you backed it up with um, the reason I was, you know, you said you, you were going to all these Ramon shows in New York. So I know Chris is going to hate this because he hates nice. good fucking rock fucking and roll. Fucking hate fucking Ramones. So the, <laughs> so the Ramones are my all time favorite band. So oh, um how many times, like, just tell me, like, some Ramones-type stuff, oh, just I'll on a personal you. level. Uh, uh, one of the first times I went to see the Ramones, I went to see them at Lamore's in, in Brooklyn. I got so drunk. I was just picking up beers and drinking them. I remember I was must have been 17. <laughs> I was picking up beers and drinking them, and then, like, I realized, oh, the cigarette butts are bouncing off my lips. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> and I was stage diving. I went up and I stage dived like a hundred times. I remember the bartender, uh, the, the bouncer grabbed me and goes, will you fucking stop? Like nowadays <laughs> I do it once and they throw you right out. He yeah, just yeah, grabbed yeah. me like on like the fifth time. He goes, will you fucking stop? And he just like shoved me down the stairs. But I kept like running up and just fucking just running full speed off the stage and getting caught. No everywhere. shit. It was so much fun. And then. We went to see them at uh, Malibu, which is a nightclub here in uh, – well, not here, but in, in Long Island where I grew up uh, in Lido Beach, Malibu, which was uh, a really popular nightclub. They always played Malibu, and I saw them at CB's a couple times. Really? Uh, 17, 18, yeah. And wow. I remember one time I was walking on St. Mark Street. I don't know what I was doing in the city. It was before I was in school. So I was on St. Mark Street, and Joey Ramon was just walking on the street, and I had on – a twisted sister jacket that I oh painted. my god! I painted twisted sister TS on the back of this like denim vest that I had. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw Joey Ramone and I said, "Joey, will you sign the back of my jacket?" And he was like, "You fucking twisted sister." He had on these rose-colored, like little tiny fucking bent-up glasses that looked like he fucking cleaned them with Vaseline. They were so gross. And he had this weird ass that was like wider than the fucking that is like love handles. It was like he had like a weird ass. <laughs> dude. Seriously, that's what you remember about meeting <laughs> him, dude. Bro, am I right? How fucking weird is he, dude? He's, Joey Ramone is like, the weirdest that- looking dude ever. Seriously, tall, gangly. His face is all fucked up. His teeth look like a fucking railroad track. Like the dude. <laughs> you remember how? You remember how weird it was, Jim, when he used to go on the Stern show? Like when he would go oh, on the yeah, yeah, yeah. And they that, were so they were like bizarrely they looked almost like brothers or cousins or something. They oh, were yeah. crazy. Stern, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, so he that. signed my jacket and I lent my jacket to a buddy. He uh, signed. Here it we go. And he, my fucking buddy's like, I got bad news. I'm like, what? He goes, I washed your jacket. I'm like, you fucking washed. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I go, what happened? He goes, the whole fucking mural like washed off. Oh Jesus! Oh, shit. I so, think like, it was like it was like it looked like a like a painting canvas. Like you wear it, and the whole back wouldn't bend because it had so much fucking paint on. It. So ahead, how right? many times? How many times do you think you saw him? Probably seven or eight times. Over you know from like the age of like sixteen to like the age of nineteen. And so like early eighties, kind of. Yeah. So I in nineteen in nineteen eighty I was thirteen. So. I was 16 in like 83, so like 83 to like 88. 
No, 83 to like 87. So that five-year period. <laughs> and <laughs> Roy Zonk. No, no, he can't I, believe it. <laughs> no, I, I'm just computing what records do they put out. Most of those records were not very good, um, but oh. they played all their early stuff at shows. So even whenever I saw them, I saw them five times from 94 to 96, and they play all their old stuff. I mean, a couple newer songs here and there, but whenever I mean, you like, go to a Ramon I, show, you feel like album, you're... The newest album that I remember, that I could honestly remember, is like when they did the soundtrack for Pet Cemetery. Right? Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. movie? Like, everything before that is all I remember. Anything after that, I don't even fucking pay attention I to. never knew that the Ramones did that. That's crazy. So, D.D. Ramone, the story is that D.D. Ramone, um, they were at Stephen King's house up in Maine, and they Stephen King asked them to write a song, and within 30 or 45 minutes, D.D. writes Pet Cemetery. They go in, they fucking record it, bickety-bam, done. Right. Um, that's how good the Ramones are. Yeah, in your fucking face. Fucking bullshit-ass band. <laughs> Wait, what are you listening to down there in fucking Harper's Ferry? What are you listening to? <laughs> oh, fuck! Oh, Ferry. here we go! <laughs> he, knows. he already fucking knows. Oh, my God. Oh, fucking 98 Degrees? Like, what are, what are, you, what are you into? I'm a oh big my. Backstreet Boy fan. Oh, God. We don't have enough time. <laughs> Honestly, I listen to a lot of shit. Uh, oh, God. When Old I'm driving, world English flute When I'm driving, shit. it's all talk radio all the time. <laughs> fucking river dance. <laughs> 98 Degrees has a talk radio show? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. <laughs> Pretty much any mid-90s, early 2000s band. <laughs> No, Jimmy, oh I really, God. really fucking appreciate you being on the podcast. Oh. We're going to wrap this up so you can get back to work. And for those of you guys that don't know, this man has worked his ass off. So whatever you guys think you know about him, you don't fucking know. Jimmy, how long, have you been, how long have you been on YouTube? Uh, I've been on YouTube since, since uh, the beginning. 2011. 2011 is my, my first video I posted. And it wasn't, well, YouTube wasn't I'll, I'll a thing. In 2011, I posted my first video of like the idea of turning this into a career. Prior to that, I have like pictures. I have videos of my cat hump in my knee that I sent to my girlfriend. <laughs> you know, so there was like funny little <laughs> videos of me and my Danish friend shooting shotguns in the backyard. Yeah. There's funny. So those are like, you know, like, I don't know, 2005, seven, you know, something like that. Either way, for, yeah. for everybody out there that thinks you should be an overnight success, this man has been fucking busting his ass for years and years and years <laughs> and continues to bust his ass. And it's super fucking inspiring. And it uh, is. me and Roy, thank you for being on the podcast. We know you didn't have to come on here. And thank we actually, you. We actually like how spontaneous it. it was that we just fucking, you just hit me up and then I missed your message. I was like, oh, fuck it. Honestly, that's how we do every single episode. And I think that's what's leading to uh, people enjoying it is because we have no agenda. We're just <laughs> releasing them whenever we want to release them and we record when, whenever anybody has free time. So right. we're both at a low point right now. And again, Thank you, thank you, thank you. How much are you going to charge me if you want to do this baby up? No, I'm telling you. It's on the house. Send it, send it to him. All right, send I'll trade you. I'll send you some swag. Don't nobody else yep. that's listening to this shit ask Roy to fucking do an, an act, so, all right? Yeah. That's a wrap. On the By the way, send me all your... If anybody has a rusty uh, bucket with the... Uh, <laughs> send it to me first. Yeah. Oh, my God. Come that on. Get... old axes and duplicators. Sis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. All right, guys. I'm hanging up. I love you both. All right. Later, brother. Bye.